The weather was getting colder by the day for weeks now. Edrarfin thought it was just the way autumn goes, colder till the last apple would fall from its branch. He was not that far from reality, but it was his first fall still. His family was large for their town. Ohilborg, his father, took three wives, and his birth mother, Imroden, the second wife, gave birth to him at the beginning of that spring, together with Iliel and Audriel, his sisters, born from his other mothers. Their house was tight with his other two remaining siblings, Indilas, the oldest child, a tall powerful shield made in for the town's guard, and Curasar, middle brother, not mighty, but very smart and under training to become a town tutor. Then came that morning. Edrarfin was wrapped in several layers of sheets, for the night was the most chill he had ever experienced. When he came to consciousness, Lyserie, his elder mother, was standing in front of the window, still as a mountain and as pale as the one flake of snow she held on her hand. It was only when Indilas got out of the kitchen area that she saw the state of stillness of both her birth mother and her younger brother. While her face went as pale, she was the bravest elf in the whole city, so she moved still to her mother and looked at the one half-melt crystal it held. Mother? To which no answer came. Mother, please come, hear me. While she gave a gentle nudge to her. Indilas? And her voice, Edrarfin could still notice from his fear-struck state of shock, had the notes of cry. Mother. And her mother just embraced her and began sobbing profusely. Indilas moved no muscle but to gently hold her mother back, but tears were running from her eyes while she stared at her brother. Dash. He was not yet born, but on two winters back, the house had two other brothers, whose names no one had ever uttered under earshot from him. They, all elves are, were born during springtime, and grow strong and agile during that year. Then came the winter and both were bound by family honor to prove themselves. Edrarfin knew almost nothing from there except that both perished, and that the house had almost broken from grief. And the year following that tragedy, his mothers weren't even able to conceive. Only this year they shook enough of their sorrow to have children. Dash. That day was grey and cold, but not as cold as the house. Tradition bound male-born children, and male-borns alone, to the proving of honor under winter snow. Female elves who wished to prove themselves were welcomed, and if successful, had a full place under their society, being able to vote, take up arms and live free of submission. But males, they either would return victorious or perish, for those who flee were cast away from society, and would most certainly fall to frostbite, or the bites that follow the frost. Eliel and Andriel were almost as somber as the mothers. Ohilbor was nowhere to be found. Edrarfin could feel nothing. He had not laid a single tear, not had he screamed or fainted or run, common sounds from neighboring houses that fateful morning. The morning meal was more bountiful than was wise with the coming of wartide. But no one uttered a word about the mother's choice of meal either. An unspoken fear of loss loomed over the house, and no mother would even glimpse at Edrarfin. He never felt as lonely. After the meal, Indilas went out with no explanation. That afternoon, a town official came to the house with a sealed letter addressed not to Ohilbor, not to any mother, but to Edrarfin. Greater than young Edrarfin, of House Ilir. Greater than. Greater than we first would like to extend our sympathy towards your family's still open wound from anti-penultimate winter. Greater than. Greater than yet, war tide is upon us, and honor and tradition must be fulfilled, as they have been for time immemorial in our society. Greater than. Greater than present yourself to the town square by dusk, when and where assignments will be attributed to each one under first snow. First light of tomorrow's morning will set you on your quest. Greater than. Greater than may this notice find you in good health. Greater than. Greater than Terradhel, leader of House Alterwell, protector of Tiresia. 
her signature thin and flourished, while the rest of the letter writing was regular and default, clearly some scribe made the letter for Terad Hell to just sign them. Also, in such a short notice, even him in his youth knew, these letters were written long ago and stored for this day. Still no feeling whatsoever. The day went by as the morning, cold and lonely. Snow was falling now so much so that the forest floor, below, was beginning to become white. It was the first time he saw snow, and it would have been magical if not for the first snow. As it was, he just sat at the children's room, staring at the now opened window and unable to feel or think, his mind filled with only a numb buzz that overthrew all possibility of thoughts. The night meal was set, but he would not move to face his family at the table, nor would his mothers come to fetch him. So he thought of just lying there waiting for sleep to cover his eyes. Then there was the sound of steps approaching. The door to the bedroom opened by a wet and stern Indilla's, carrying a large sack on her back and a hilt on her waist. She closed the door and stared deeply into his eyes. Hers had a white flame and burned through his soul, weren't here eyes green? Why do they seem so blue now? Brother. It was a greeting, to which he found no strength to reply, not even with a nod. Her eyes were burning, but he could not avert his gaze. She got a little closer, her steps once again silent and soft, not even once blinking nor breaking eye contact, and neat in front of him. They were the same height, so their eyes were level now. Brother, and it was no greeting, it sounded more like a sigh than a word to him. You are now the same age Galifind and Galiber were. Were those their names? You never got to know them, but I know you. You would have loved them both as I did. They were no warriors like we are, but their souls hold more power than most that still live under these canopies. They would have not only returned, should they have been sent the same way, but they would also have conquered a new kingdom for their own and set us a royal palace there. But they were sent separate ways. The rest of the tale you know. A single tear ran from her left eye, both were burning a cold flame now, but burning still. You are not a spell wielder. You are a fighter, as I am. You. Will. Return. With each of the last words, the flame grew hotter and hotter. The room was lit by her eyes alone. I know a person who owns me deeply. You will take these and wear them tomorrow as you leave towards whatever hell they throw your way. They will keep you safe, they will protect you, and with them, you will shed the dark shadow of your enemies. She took the hilt from her belt and laid it in front of him, as she did with the sack, which clicked with the sound of metal as she laid it to the ground next to the hilt of the longsword in front of him. Every little memory of his summer, his only summer, when he would play fight with Indilla's, and she would playfully smack him here and there with their wooden swords. She would correct his stances, and teach him clever ways to hit her. Every time they played, he would get better. When autumn came, she brought home two dull longswords and asked him if he wanted to try with a real blade. They trained with them for weeks on end, every time she had an hour or two to spare on her ever more full schedule, they would play with those swords, they both still hung from the wall on that very same room. He did not notice he was crying until she ever so gently wiped one tear from his face. He did not know she could be so gentle, the myriad of bruises she had inflicted on him taught him otherwise. I could never ever endure lost another brother, so you are trained, as better as I could, to wield this. Her eyes were green again, shining a different hue, a leaf deep green, but shining as bright as before. How have you? Paid. For these? He managed to stutter these few words, his throat was dry and felt thick. Mind that not. My very life would be a small price for the ways to protect you. She was smiling? She never, not even once, smiled. Let not our parents worry. She got up and extended one hand for him to get up as well. Come, eat something light. I will walk with you. No rules against that, are there? 
The small loaf of bread felt like a rock but made his legs stop shaking as he walked towards the suspended town square. Taradal was there, on the deck, looking upon the handful of elves that gathered. She spoke a few words, more political than calming, and began the quest distribution. His quest laid north, under half-dead branches the swamp. Their trackers could not figure out what it was, but, she said, it should not prove overwhelmingly difficult, and went on to assign quest to the remainder of the crowd. The way back was as numb as the day had been, the night restless and his sleep filled with dreams of shadows. Two hours before sunrise, his birth mother woke him up with a tender hug. I am sorry you have to undergo this, loved one. Her face had no tears, but the depth of her eyes told him that there were no tears left to cry there. Come, I made you your favorite meal. After eating the delicious food, Indilis took him to her annex room and helped him don the full plate armor he had only now laid eyes upon. She strapped the hilt to his waist and, before putting on the helmet, kissed him on the front. Go, kill whatever needs killing, and return to us. The way to the swamp he cried for the first time, shaking as he walked, outside of view and hearing of the town. The cry stopped before the swamp. 